Life is full of big decisions. Buying a home is part of the American dream, but for so many people, it unexpectedly becomes less of a blessing and more of a burden. In this episode, we're sharing three things nobody tells you about buying a home to help you decide if now is the right time or the wrong time to make the leap from renting to owning. This is Life with Amy and Jordan. I'll never forget searching for apartments together the few months before we got married. Um, it was so exciting to think about what it was going to be like. We were only 20, I was 21, Jordan was 22, and we were starting to apartment shop. And honestly, our eyes were pretty like bulging out of our head every time we saw how much like a one bedroom apartment cost um, and touring different apartments and seeing like, what could we afford and what could we not afford? And I'll never forget the day a family friend of ours reached out to us and said, Hey, I know you're getting married soon. My mom has a condo and she's looking for new renters. Would you like to see it? And we were like, Sure. Yeah. Let's go see it. Uh, Jordan wasn't able to go. So I went by myself and our family friend was driving us through the neighborhood to the condo. And I was so excited because it was in this beautiful neighborhood. I never thought we'd be able to afford as 21, 22 year old newlyweds. And as she pulled into the parking lot, my eyes were just lighting up as see like walking into the apartment. It had two bedrooms instead of one. And we had been only looking at one bedroom apartments. And uh, there was tile on the floor in the kitchen instead of carpet. And I was just seeing like so many more possibilities than I even imagined for us at the beginning of uh, our marriage together. And it really was, it felt like she was like our guardian angel because she uh, offered us rent at a rate that was much lower than the going rate for the neighborhood, which made it affordable for us as brand new newlyweds living on one teacher salary. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the thing I was probably most excited about other than living with Amy, which I was very excited about, <laughs> uh, is the fact that I went to college in an area of town where there were routinely guys gunshots that I would hear from my apartment yes. um, when I would drive down the street. It wasn't common to see police cars and yellow caution tape. And yeah, I'm going to go run and get something really fast at the gas station. Well, can't go to that one tonight. looks like there was a robbery. Yeah. So for me, I was just like, man, this is a really safe neighborhood. Yeah. And the condo was gated. It was just, it was so much more than we ever could have imagined. And after a few years of living in that condo, I think some of that newness wore off um, where we started facing the realities of living in an apartment full time, a condo, you know, condo apartment. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Because when we first moved in, it was like we were walking into this situation and it was like, this was our dream mm -hmm. apartment. We were like, oh my gosh, this place is perfect. Mm -hmm. What could possibly be any better? And then within those first few years, we started to realize some of that shine started to wear off and we started to notice things that we didn't necessarily notice a few years before and maybe couldn't have foreseen. Mm -hmm. um, things like we were on the first floor, which was wonderful, but it meant that there was somebody living above us. And the neighbor that we had living above us was a single guy. He was a bartender. Well, no, before him, it was like we were in the sweet spot those first two years because nobody lived above us. And it was like <laughs> blissfully quiet all the time. And then after there was nobody there, there was this really nice, this really nice father and daughter who moved oh, in above yeah, us. They were sweet. But dad played the saxophone. <laughs> yes. Like, like it's like you can't make this up. No and joke. so dad played the saxophone and I mean he was good. And he was good. Like he was pretty good. I mean, I'll give him that. But it was like 
all day Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think he used to spend the whole weekend teaching his daughter how to play the saxophone or like playing the saxophone for her. And it was so sweet. But it came right through the floor. It was a lot of saxophone. And the funny thing is when... It felt like we were in a jazz club. <laughs> when he moved, that's when this new single guy moved in who was a bartender. And he kept really crazy hours. We were teaching elementary school at the time. So we were keeping very, uh, very standard hours. And he was keeping these really late night hours and he would just blast his music. It was like vibrating our ceiling and our walls and it would come through. And this was at like two, three, four in the morning. And like, if you've ever lived like done like apartment or like dorm living, especially if you're married, you know, that moment where like your wife is like, (laughs) you kind of look at her and she looks at you and you're like, I have to go up, don't I? Can you please say I something? have to go talk to him, don't I? And I remember one time going up to that that second floor and like, oh, God, I really don't want to do this. And I knocked kind of quietly and nobody heard me. And then I knocked louder and nobody heard me because the music was blasting. <laughs> and then I pounded it. And finally, the door opened and this guy opens the door in just a towel. And he's like, bro. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It is like two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> what is happening? He was a really cheery guy. <laughs> and he was so nice. It was just that his music was too loud. <laughs> and so, you know, those are things that you don't necessarily see when you're first starry eyed getting your first place. Or we didn't really notice that our parking spot was pretty far away from our front door, which made groceries going in and out a challenge, um, also made visitor parking such a headache where sometimes when people would come over, there there were only a few designated visitor spots in the entire complex. And so if those were full, there'd be nowhere for if one friend was coming over, there'd be nowhere for them to park. We'd have them park all the way around the complex as far away from us as possible. And then they would have to walk to us, which when you live in the Phoenix, Arizona area in the summer, it's triple digits. The parking lot is so hot. People are co- literally coming over to our house with like red faces with sweat dripping down just from the parking situation. So you start to, uh, the shine wears off. In one sense, it was a nice way to keep people away. (laughs) I guess. Is that a silver lining? It doesn't sound like it. Who are these people that we wanted to keep away? Well, nobody thinks it's them, but if you don't think it's you, maybe it is. I'm just kidding. Aren't you glad you came for some encouragement today? <laughs> um, and I I remember specifically, we always felt like we were running out of storage space. Like there just wasn't enough cabinets and enough closets, enough places to put things. And so we were like, gosh, I wish we had more storage. And I think after a while too, like the visual aesthetics, it's like we were so excited mm-hmm. just to be getting an apartment yeah. that the fact that we had tile instead of carpet was a really exciting thing. Mm-hmm. And after, and the fact that we had like two or three extra cabinets in the kitchen than we would have in the places that we could afford, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that started to wear off. And after a couple of years, you're like, wait a second, I don't know if I would have picked like like dark brown or black tile. I don't know that I would have picked brown cabinets. I, I would have loved stainless steel appliances instead of the, the older white appliances that came when the unit was built, right? So you start to think about all of these things that when you moved in, you were just so excited because you were like, this is our place and it's ours. And then after a while, that luster kind of starts to wear off. And so of course, the natural thing that we all start thinking is we need to buy a house, right? It's uh, We got to buy a house. We start kind of having house fever and I think for me, that night was when a scorpion fell on me. 
in the middle of the night. I think that's what pushed I me mean, over the edge. That's valid. Yeah. Uh, another problem. If you're not from the desert, you might be like, what on earth? But that actually is a problem in the area that we live is sometimes scorpions will get inside the house. And they're, we always say they're kind of like the devil's creatures. Like they can flatten themselves and come underneath door cracks. And they, they climb can, up walls. They, can, and- they climb walls. They can come through air vents. And that did it's actually like, happen to it's Jordan. Like when there, it's like when there's a scorpion in your house, like hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> And so Jordan did have a scorpion fall from an air vent on to his face in the middle of the night. If you've ever seen the movie (laughs) Hook, if you've ever seen the movie Hook, you understand why this was traumatic for me because I literally had nightmares as a kid about going into the boom box or the boo box. I don't remember what it was. Boo, boom. But if you've ever seen Hook in the opening scene when they put that guy in the treasure chest and drop some scorpions in with him. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, we digress. (laughs) So there were lots of reasons why we felt like we needed a house. Like we really wanted a backyard. We wanted our own space. We just wanted more storage. We wanted to be able to park in a driveway. We wanted like our own pool that wasn't a community pool so we didn't have to unsee things that we couldn't unsee. (laughs) Which, again, is like a really common thing here in Arizona. So anyway... We realized that we, when we started to crunch the numbers and face reality, we were not ready to buy a house. And I think one of the things that nobody tells us when we start thinking about buying a house is all the things to consider before making the jump to buy a house. Yeah. I mean, you always hear about all the reasons to to buy buy a house. house. Like interest rates have never been lower and the market's never been hotter. And nobody ever says to you, Hey, but like, here's some things to think about before you buy a house, because you might not be ready to buy a house. And And that was the case for us. That was the case for us. We just wanted to talk through a few of the things that we realized we had to consider before we made the jump to buy a house. Um, And in full disclosure, we ended up staying in that condo for eight years. Ocho. And there were a lot of times that we wanted to leave, but looking back, we're so thankful that we spent eight years inside that condo and it became so special to us for so many reasons. And I think one of the main reasons is we changed our perspective and we we had to challenge each other to change our perspective on the things we didn't like. One of our favorite books, uh, favorite business books is called Quitter by John Acuff. We recommend it to anyone who's thinking thinking about leaving their day job and uh, pursuing their dream job. It was a book that we read twice when we were in that position, when we were teaching elementary school and wanted to leave to be full-time photographers. And the principle that he talks about in the book, Quitter, is that you have to fall in like with your day job while you're working on your dream because he says that you can't be one person. You can't be miserable for eight hours at your day job and have a bad attitude and then go work on your dream job at night and on the weekend and be energetic and excited and have a good attitude that who you are during the day carries over to who you are on nights and weekends. And we found the same thing was true with us that we had to figure out a way to fall in like with our current living situation to fall in love again with our condo and to learn to appreciate everything that we had uh, before we started even thinking about getting something that was new. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, do you love taking photos but wonder why yours don't look like the ones you see online? What if we told you there was a free online photography class that would help you fix that? 
We're Amy and Jordan, and along with hosting this show, we're professional photographers who help people take better pictures. We created a free online photography class where you'll learn three easy pro tricks that will help you start taking better photos this week. To reserve your free seat, just head to amyandjordan.com slash class to choose a date and time that works for your schedule. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash class. We're so excited to share three of our favorite pro secrets that will help you start taking better photos this week. We can't wait to see you in class. Now back to the episode. So the the first piece of advice, what nobody tells you about buying a house is one, fall in like with your current situation. Uh, we started literally making a list of gratitudes of things that we were thankful for in our condo to help shift our perspective. So instead of focusing on the saxophone or the bartender or the parking or the not enough storage or whatever the negative things that we were seeing, we wanted to try to uh, take all of those negatives and erase them with all the things we were so thankful for. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, for us, it was definitely one of those situations where we had to ask ourselves the question, what's the worst, most negative light that we could view this in? What's the best, most positive light that we can view this in? And not to take it to extremes, because quite frankly, it, it kind of annoys me when you're like at a restaurant and like you don't finish two bites of your dinner. And then somebody's like, there are people starving in the world and you're not finishing your meal. And you're like, well, what am I going to do? Send like this bite of hamburger somewhere else in the world like that stuff. Definitely kind of great, you know, kind of bothers me a little bit. <laughs> so you got to be careful with how you do this. But changing your perspective of like, you know what, like I don't really like the color of these floors to I'm so grateful that we have floors because there are people all over the world who literally live on dirt floors. And, and so I, instead of thinking like, man, this place is really small. I wish we had more space. We would look at it and say, you know what? This place is really small, which means it takes less time to clean. It takes less time to organize. It takes less energy to power the AC and the heat. So our utility bills are less than they would be in a house. Yeah. And when when your neighbor upstairs is playing a saxophone all weekend, <laughs> it can be like, man, this is terrible of every unit of all the units in this <laughs> complex. I had to have the saxophone guy living above me. Or you could look at it in a different light and we could be like, you know what? It's really cool that this dad spends his weekends with his daughter. And so every time I hear that saxophone playing, I'm going to think there's a dad investing time with his daughter. And that is at the end of the day, a really good thing. And, you know, when the appliances were kind of old and shoddy, we realized because we're in a condo and an apartment, there's somebody to call because somebody else owns this place. So that means someone else is going to come over and fix it. And we're not responsible for paying for it, which is such a huge blessing. So instead of thinking, man, I really wish we had our own backyard or a patio to sit on. We realize, you know what? We don't have those things, but this place has a pool and a jacuzzi and a small gym. And those are expensive things to put inside of a house, right? But we could, whenever we wanted, we we spent a lot of um, quote unquote, like lunch dates going out to the pool and having like making our own salad, bringing it to the pool, sitting by the pool um, and realizing, you know what? This is a luxury of apartment and condo living. So it just took us changing our perspective and realizing, okay, like, yeah, do we like the color of the walls? No. Do we wish we had more space? Yes. But there's so much to be grateful for here. And I think Justin Bieber was the one who said, right? The grass isn't... <laughs> <laughs> the grass isn't love, greener on the other side. It's green where you water it. It's in the wrap. It's right? in the wrap. 
it's green green water. <laughs> I think that he got that from like a poster and in one of his high school English classrooms. Probably. I mean, I, I love me some Justin Bieber. I love that song. As long as you love me, that one, <laughs> we can be starving. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I think to wrap that up, I think one of the questions we had to ask ourselves when we were in that situation of life that we wanted to get out of that condo so badly that maybe you need to ask yourself about your current living situation, or it could not just be your current home situation. Maybe it's the car that you're driving right now, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe it's the job that you're in right now, whatever situation you're in right now, we've had seasons of our life where we wanted to get out of the apartment we were living in. We wanted to get out of the job that we were in. We want to get out of the car with the roll of windows and the duct tape that we were driving. And we had to ask, start asking ourselves instead of always thinking what's wrong about this thing, ask ourselves what's right about it and just change our perspective around. Um, the other thing that we that we really had to think about that we encourage other people to think about is that when you are thinking about buying a home, there are a lot of extra costs and hidden costs and extra responsibilities that come with a home that you don't have when you're living in an apartment or condo. And so when you're renting from somebody else, when you go to to buy a home, you have a lot of extra expenses. You have things like closing costs. You have interest on your mortgage payment every month. If you don't put 20% down for a down payment, all of a sudden you have um, something called PMI, right? Which is basically private mortgage insurance. You have an extra line item that you have to pay every single month until you get over 20%. Um, When you own a home, you're responsible if something breaks. You're responsible for the air conditioner and the heat. You're responsible to have uh, homeowner's insurance, which is more expensive than renter's insurance, right? You have all these extra costs. If you have a pool, someone's got to maintain it. You need chemicals for it. If you have a, a, a yard and a lawn, you've either got to spend the time on the weekend taking care of it, or you've got to pay someone to take care of it, which costs more money. You need fertilizer, right? You, there are all kinds of things that you need. And we're not even talking yet. We're just talking about the kind of like everyday maintenance items the or the bones, monthly ma- yeah. the bones. We're not even talking yet about renovations that you might want to do, right? Or things like furniture that you might need to buy because now you went from a 1200 square foot house to a tw- or apartment to a 2400 square foot home. And now you need backyard furniture and you need living room furniture. And there are all of these extra expenses that I feel like nobody, we, we were fortunate in that Amy's mom is an interior designer. And so at least on that side of things, we had someone talking to us and saying, Hey, look, just as a heads up, your apartment is fully furnished right now. And when you move into a home, that's twice as big as your apartment, it's going to cost you X in furniture just to furnish it. And we were like, wait, what? (laughs) Because that furniture is as much as we have saved for a down payment. Uh Uh-oh, probably not time for us to buy a house. And so there were all of these like hidden fees that nobody talks about. And I think one of the hard things about it, especially when you graduate from college and you're kind of like in your 20s, is we live life on this ladder, this life of this upward trajectory, right? And so it's like one of those things where when I was living at home in high school, you know, with my family, or maybe when I was even like in elementary school, I shared a room with my brother, right? And we had bunk beds. And my dream was just to share a room with my brother, but have my own bed. (laughs) And then my dream was to have my own room on the upstairs floor. And then my dream was to be in my own room downstairs. And then once I had my own room downstairs in my parents' house, all I wanted to do was move out and get get a dorm in college. And then when I was sharing one room with two other guys, then I just wanted my own room 
in the dorm building. And then I wanted an apartment where I had my own room, right? And then Amy and I wanted to get married and get our own place. And so you can see there's kind of this like upward trajectory that we're always kind of like more, 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 more. And I think in so many ways, that's like a normal kind of natural thing. But I think that what we don't always think about is all the extra costs and the hidden fees that are associated with it. And we will hear so many people in their 20s talking to other people in their 20s who got their real estate license six weeks ago because they just lost their job and they were like, I need something to do. And so go out and get my license. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, you can get a house right now for 0% down. You can afford a house. You can afford a house. Have you ever noticed how, and I'm not talking about realtors in general, because we have some family friends who are amazing realtors. They've, they are true professionals who have been doing it for years and years. And they are so good about putting their clients needs and interests first. Our realtor would never encourage us to buy something that he knew that we couldn't afford. And so when you're thinking about side note, plug for Dave Ramsey, when you're Mm -hmm. thinking about buying a home, hire a Dave Ramsey endorsed local provider for a realtor to help you walk through that process. But we all know somebody who's very, very new into real estate and they're spouting all of these things about how it's so inexpensive. Or maybe they're not in real estate at all. At all. They just uh, appreciate the process or they like looking at homes. But I can't tell you how many times we had people say, why are you wasting money on rent when you could be putting that money towards something that you can get out of your house and that it sounds so tempting. And a lot of times we were like, oh, why aren't we? aren't we? But here's a little, the dirty little secret is the same people who are saying you're throwing away a thousand dollars a month, a month in rent. Those are the same people who are saying, get a mortgage with 0% down. You're going to have interest of a thousand dollars a month on that monthly mortgage bill. So in a sense, you are throwing a thousand dollars away to a banker, but the, the, the thing that stays hidden that nobody talks about is all these extra fees and costs associated with having a home. And so just as like a kind of a general kind of like financial point, I think that one of the things Amy and I have become really passionate about, and this is because we believe really strongly in everything Dave Ramsey teaches, is Dave Ramsey says all the time, don't listen to your broke brother-in-law with an opinion. Go find an older couple who has built wealth in their life. And if you look at their life and go, that is exactly what I want. And I'm not talking about somebody 10 years ahead of you. I'm talking about somebody who's in their 60s or 70s or 80s. They're grandparents. They have kids. They've got little grandbabies. And they're the kind of people who you go, I want that. And before you buy a home, sit them down and say, hey, would you share with me? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm new to this whole like home buying thing. We're thinking about maybe getting a house in the next couple of years. What are some things I should be looking out for or that I should be aware of? What are the hidden costs and fees that nobody is telling me about? Because what Amy and I found in, in our life is that most of the time we don't ask the questions. Usually when we either A, don't know we should ask the question or B, we don't think we're going to like the answer. So a lot of times we surround ourselves in this echo chamber of other people who are exactly our age, who are all doing the same thing, who are saying, you should get a house for 3% down or 0% down, or you can get a house that's twice as, you can afford twice as much as that, go get the bigger house. And I think that one of the things we realize is that those people, even though we love them and maybe they're our friends or maybe they're our family, they don't have the same wisdom that somebody who's 50 years older has. And so those are the people that we want to go get that advice from. We'll continue to talk more about that in just a minute. But first, if you're anything like us, before you buy something online, you research to no end, which is why we're so grateful when people we know and trust recommend something they already use and love. 
That's why we created a list of all our favorite things just for you. Everything on this list is something we use and love in our everyday life, from baby products and cleaning products to our favorite books, our kids' favorite toys, and so much more. All our recommendations are in one place, and they're just one click away. To see the complete list and start shopping now, head to amyandjordan.com slash favorites. Again, that's amyandjordan.com slash favorites. When you make a purchase using one of our links, it doesn't cost you extra. Sometimes it even saves you money. And it's an easy way to help support the show. Now back to the episode. And we realized that when it comes to those hidden costs, there's things that we don't necessarily think about, especially when we've been in apartment or condo living, when we've been renting and something breaks, there's someone to call and someone to pay for it. And Dave Ramsey talks a lot about Murphy's Law. And Murphy's Law is basically the idea that everything that can go wrong will go wrong, especially when you're in a big life transition. So even if right after you buy your or right before you buy your house, like everything looks good in an inspection, the air conditioning looks good, the appliances look great, you move in, Murphy's Law, three months later, something expensive breaks. And now there's no maintenance man on property to call, right? Now all of a sudden Lord knows I'm not fixing it. (laughs) All of a sudden you have this giant expense where you're replacing your AC and it's something that you didn't see coming. Coming. And so a lot of times a house seems almost like um, like nothing can go wrong. It's going to be such a big improve. Like we're going to improve our life when we move into this house. And the house actually becomes more of a burden and a curse than a blessing. And so that's what we wanted to try to avoid in our life is ha- never uh, thinking about our house like a curse and yeah. instead thinking of it like a blessing. And we realized we were going to have to delay moving out of our condo in order for our house to be a blessing. Enough. Right. There's that expression. I think I'm going to I'm going to mess it up. But isn't there like that like nothing tastes as good as skinny feels yeah like there's that thing did oprah say that i think oprah said that i'm not sure i agree with that like as a there's a side note the people that say that i've never had cookie butter they've never had cookie butter ice cream for sure (laughs) because yeah you know or a good glass of cabernet right or a good cup of coffee but anyway i guess coffee doesn't really have calories in it so that's kind of mine does yours does it's a foofy it's a foofu coffee yes jordan is very it's a foffy it's a foffy it's a fake coffee jordan is very proud that he takes his coffee black it's like one of his like big bragging points in life there's always a pause at a i'm so proud of i'm at a restaurant you know like would you like what would you like drinking i'm like coffee black And they say, would you like cream or sugar? And he's like, no, like it's like this giant sense of pride. And I take cream in my coffee and Jordan. I just take my coffee like a man. (laughs) No, but where I was going with the nothing tastes as good as skinny feels idea is that I think we found in in our relationship that nothing that we purchase feels nearly as good as financial peace feels. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there have been times in our life that we would have to admit and look back on and go, hey, we bought that thing and we really didn't need it. We didn't have to have it at that time. And we probably didn't really have the money, you know, to do it or it it made things tighter. And that was kind of a silly thing and we shouldn't have done that. And then we can think back on times where we've done the opposite, where we've like saved and saved and saved and saved and we had more than enough to do the thing we wanted to do and we really enjoyed it and it was a blessing to us. And so I think that's kind of when I think back on those eight years of living in the condo, um, even though the whole eight years, it wasn't exactly our ideal place, right? Um, but it was still ideal in so many ways and really great in so many ways. And I think that leads us into our third point, which is there is no such thing 
as a perfect house. The myth of the perfect house. (laughs) It really is a myth. And I think this is probably harder than ever for our current, for us and our current generation, because we're bombarded with beautiful photos on social media, on Instagram, on Pinterest of these dream homes that we're seeing constantly. I mean, heck, there's the HGTV, there's a whole channel dedicated to renovating homes and uh, home makeovers. And we love that stuff. It's fun to watch. Um, it, there's a reason why it's so successful, right? We all as human beings love to see these beautiful homes, beautiful kitchens, the best of the best, the things that used to only be in magazines, but now are very normalized. They're in our explore page on Instagram. We type in the word kitchen on Pinterest. We're hit with the most beautiful kitchens in the world at our fingertips. And so that idea of the perfect house is probably more ingrained in our brains than any other generation before. And I think this never, uh, be, this was never more clear to us than I, when we went out to visit my grandma who lives in California. She's 89 years old. And we took still uh, as feisty and Irish as yeah, ever. She's amazing. Love she's that. like Love her. five foot one and like the feistiest woman you've ever met. And when we um, wanted to, she she's not able to travel anymore. So after Beckett was born, we wanted to go out so that she could meet Beckett. My so this is my grandma. So Beckett's great grandma. And so we wanted Beckett to meet his great grandma. And so we we went out to California. And when we pulled up to her house, we pulled up to the very same house that she raised my dad and her other four kids. I remember in. pulling up thinking, man, this looks a lot like. I've seen pictures of your dad as like a four-year-old. Yeah. They, this looks pretty much the same. The same thing. She's lived in this one house for 60, 60 years. And it was so cool to step inside of that house because it really is like a time warp in so many ways. Like the orange shag carpet, it's still there. Like those old school appliances, everything is smaller. The ceilings are lower. The door frames are lower. Uh, the bathrooms are smaller. And this was the house that she and my grandfather raised five children in. And I I think it's about somewhere between 12 and 1500 square feet. And that blows our minds because when we think about what we believe a family of five would quote unquote need now five kids. So seven people. It's changed so dramatically. I think I read something not too long ago that, you know, 50 years ago, the average American family, I think had somewhere between like three and five children Mm -hmm. and they lived in a home that was about 1500 square feet which a lot of apartments these days, mm-hmm. right? You can get yeah. apartments that are, that are that size. And, and now everything has changed 50 years from now where P, the average, the average size of an American home is like almost double that. It's closer to like 2,700 square feet or 3,000 square feet. But the American family is down from like four or five children to two children. So we've literally like, not just like, like doubled the, the space. It's like yeah. we've cut we've cut the number of the, the family in half, and then we've doubled the size of the space. We've like what quadrupled the amount of mm. square footage per person. Yeah, and it really is kind of the, the perfect sign of us as a culture always wanting more and bigger and better. And it's e- so easy to get caught up on that. I. If I'm going to confess and be honest, I love scrolling Pinterest and looking at dream homes. And I, you know, the explore page and Instagram totally gets me with the beautiful spaces that they show there. And so it's hard 
sometimes to remember what our parents and grandparents did, especially at their start, at their beginning. And it's really easy to compare the beginning of your life, your home buying situation with someone else's middle or end or their dream home or something they've been saving for for 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And I think we were having dinner with our or lunch with our family the other day and, and our, my parents said something interesting to us. My dad kind of said something like, you know, parenting is in a lot of ways is a lot harder today than it was 25 years ago when, when we were doing it. And I think that is true in a lot of respects and not maybe not true in some respects, but in one respect that's really true is when I think about like Amy's grandmother telling me stories about living on that street, when they moved into that neighborhood 60 years ago, imagine 60 years ago, there are no computers, there are no cell phones, all, none of this technology and these apps and this kind of stuff exists. When she moved onto that street, she told us that every single home was occupied by a family that had two, three, or four, or five kids, and that there was only one person on the block who who wasn't a family, basically, and that you had a situation where you had all you know all the women in the neighborhood were stay at home moms, and the kids would go to school. The kid, the kids that were still home, the moms would all watch them together. They would sit on the lawn and she like said they'd like pull out their lawn, pull out chairs their lawn chairs, and and, and the kids would ride the their kids bikes, play. and they, all the moms would hang out. But here's the thing: is that all the homes on that street were about the exact same size. All the homes on that street cost about the exact same amount of money. All the kitchens looked about the same. All the kitchens looked about the same, right? Everything about all those homes was pretty similar. Those families made about the same amount of money in terms of income. And so there was so much the same that today we don't have that, right? Because Because of social media, we are not comparing ourselves anymore to the people in our neighborhood. Grandma Charlene wasn't looking at $8 million custom homes in the Hamptons. At her fingertips. She would walk in, she would walk into Debbie's house next door, you know, for an, for an iced tea and it would look just like her house. And then she'd walk across the street to Sally's home. I'm using like Debbie and Sally because I feel like those are more like yeah. that generation of names, but she would walk into the, to her other neighbor's home and it looked about like her home and they dressed about like she did and they drove cars about like she did. And so there wasn't this like, I don't, I, I looking back on it, I can't imagine there was this kind of like, um, stirring inside people during that era to be comparing and wanting more and more and more because the people around them were all very similar. But now because of Instagram, like Amy was explaining and other social media platforms, we're now seeing the best of the best of the best of the best and being inundated with that all the time. And I think... And so for us, like it was a struggle in which like, oh my gosh, even just using the word struggle, such a first world problem, right? But there was like this internal struggle inside of me where our walls were chocolate brown and we were not the owners of the home. So we couldn't of the, of our condo. So we couldn't just choose to paint the walls white, which I really wanted white walls and not chocolate brown walls. So right. First world, hello, first world problem. Um, thankful that I had walls. Right. But, um, I think that it's but just don't take it to like the extreme and, and, and be like, you know, like somebody else could use these walls. I'm not going to ship the wall somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, it, it is true. A lot of people would be so thankful for those chocolate brown walls. And that's what I had to remind myself. And uh, stopping and being like, okay, like, yeah, I would like to change the color of the walls, or I wish we had more space in the kitchen, or I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish more, 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 more. But I think we had to stop and realize, okay, even if there comes a day where now we we do have a home where we have our white walls, and I love them. Cottage so much. white, technically. Cottage white, yes. Um, our cottage white walls, and which is just the, the paint color name for anyone who's curious. Um, it's like a nice warm white, but doesn't feel yellow. Yeah, agreed. 
you, there's a whole world of white walls out Maybe there. Maybe we'll do another episode on, on paint colors, just paint colors. <laughs> yeah, that would be a really riveting topic. Let's talk about paint colors. Anyway, whether it was the color of the walls or the way the kitchen looked, I had to stop and check my heart and realize like there's no such thing as a perfect house, Amy. What's much more important is what we're doing inside of this house. It's the way we make people feel when they enter this house. It's so much more about being good hosts and creating memories together as a husband and wife and welcoming in friends and family, even if the space isn't very big and the parking isn't great. And we can still have a board game night and it can be a really beautiful memory without having the perfect Pinterest background. Yeah. We've been into people's homes that were small homes and we've never felt more important and we've never felt more loved and we've never felt more warm. And we've been in people's huge homes and we've never felt smaller and we've never felt less important and we've never felt, you know, that more cold. Right. And so I think that the size of the home isn't nearly as important as the size of the heart behind the home and the heartbeat of that home. And I think there's kind of this myth out there. um, Well, when I have blank, then I'll take care of it. Or when I have blank, when I get that house, then we'll be really good at hosting. Or when I have, when I get that new car, then I'll keep it really clean. Right. Or when I get that next thing, then we'll, you know, when I get that next job, then I'll really give a hundred percent. And I think what Amy and I have found is that that's just not true. But also what we found is that, that we believe that God puts desires in our heart for a reason. And Amy and I had a desire in our heart for a beautiful home. We had a, a desire in our heart for white walls and we had a desire <laughs> for drapes and we had a desire for some camel leather living room chairs, right? <laughs> we had certain desires that that I think that when we think about you know, who we are, God placed those desires in our heart and he appreciates, we think, creation and beautiful things, right? But at the same time, I think we have to balance that with gratitude and appreciation and contentment. And I don't think that they're mutually that I don't think that it's one or the other. And I think that's where Amy and I had to really retrain ourselves that it's okay that two things can be true at the same time. It can be true that we're going to love and value this place that we're living in right now and look at those walls and say, thank you, God, for those brown (laughs) walls, because we have those brown walls. Please do not ship them to someone else who doesn't have walls because we love our walls. Right. And be grateful for that. And at the same time, say, you know what? I also have these dreams and these desires of my heart for a larger space or for for a backyard or for these different things. And so I think one of the things that we, Amy and I've just talked a lot, and this is kind of a kind of a similar but like separate thing, and maybe we'll do another episode on this, is this idea that like we tend to in our culture always do the, but it could be worse, right? So you have a friend who's going through maybe like, you know, a breakup and they're really upset about their breakup. And the way to try to comfort them is like, well, you know, at, like at least he's still alive because so-and-so, you know, this happened to their their boyfriend or girlfriend. And it's like, whoa, that got real intense all of a sudden. And I think sometimes we just have to be more, a little bit careful to acknowledge the pain that someone's in or acknowledge the feelings that they're having and then also remind them, yeah, it could be worse, but also it's okay to have those future desires too. And so I think that one of the things that Amy and I were talking about as, as we were preparing for this episode is this idea that we want to have 2020 dreams, or if you're thinking out to the future, 2030 dreams with 1950s contentment and try to figure out a way to balance have loving exactly what we have and exactly where we are and making the most of it right now while also acknowledging that it's okay to have big exciting dreams for the future
Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review. And if it wasn't, please don't. <laughs> but seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you. To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.